Welcome to the Big Picture with your host, Harrison Newton. Hit the subscribe and share the word. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm excited to be back. I got a great guest on today and a great subject. So, welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, it's good to have you. So Alex is one of my Australian friends who we've been able to put the divide aside. And we actually met in Vietnam when we were both motorbiking up the country, didn't we? Yeah, I think it's really funny because I think we, we sort of bumped into each other, I think, three times on that trip without planning it at all. And for the first, like, at least two times, we didn't even like each other. <laughs> I think you thought that I was... <laughs> I thought you were but an like... Australian. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much like put me straight into that trope. And, um, and, and you kept saying that I was like making all these lame ass dad jokes. And, you know, I was just an old dude that <laughs> something like that. But I wanted to get you on the show because I actually thought you were one of the most fascinating characters I met on uh, my journey. And maybe it was meant to be because like you said, we were just driving in the same direction and we just ended up at the same areas. And what we ended up finding was we we're on like a bit of a, a similar journey to each other. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably fairly likely that we would have bumped into each other so often. We were going through a very long country. Mm. And I guess we had the same sort of uh, interest in terms of what sort of accommodation we ended up staying at. I think we ended up finally ended up bonding when we when we arrived up in uh, what was it, Katba, yeah. up in the north of Vietnam, and uh, it was just it was, uh, it's like we had no other choice because everyone else was so lame. <laughs> so, <laughs> so but then we, we had like, this incredible time because what happened was I was you know I'd seen you a couple of times and when I left my motorbike ended up breaking down in the middle of nowhere at oh, like that's right yeah it was <laughs> I about, completely forgot about that yeah and because I, I I was it off a cliff <laughs> yeah so um I had to get from A to B in the day and it broke down a couple of times and and you got these little Vietnamese mechanics all along the road and they sort of tweaked it but every you know hour or two it would just conk out and Basically, it was two in the morning and there was just huge buses driving past. And I called her Wavy Wendy because when she would start up, it would sort of <laughs> wave away. But anyway, yeah. Wendy finally gave up on me and it was two in the morning <laughs> and it was an eight kilometer walk to the next village. So uh, there was a cliff there and I thought it'd be very symbolic <laughs> to throw my scooter off the cliff down the hill. <laughs> It's so funny. Like you could have ended that in a million different ways, but you just tried to do it the most dramatic way possible. <laughs> I'd like to say I mean, it was symbolic, you... very symbolic. <laughs> Didn't you tell me? I'm pretty sure you told me you had some like special words that you said after you did it. You kind of you kind of turned it into something like that, didn't you? Oh, I'm a, I'm a little bit too. Uh, what's the word? <laughs> you know, I like to make things things, and it was just a really exciting part of my journey where it was like. Well, here I am in the middle of Vietnam, and now I got to walk eight kilometers to the to the village. And yeah, to be honest, I, like I you remember said, you being so pissed off when you were there. You were quite uh, you were quite jaded and upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> it was it was so symbolic. And after I threw it off the cliff, I actually walked down because I was hoping to see it explode, but it didn't explode. I walked down and I thought about lighting it on fire, but I actually thought it would be a great, you know, early Christmas for a Vietnamese family because you forget about it. But those cheap scooters, those people keep those things running forever, you know? 
Oh yeah, I mean, you, after it was already playing up so much, and you threw it off a cliff. <laughs> I think pretty much, uh, like wobbly Wendy or whatever, be wonky Wendy at that point, and probably be, you know, probably be the end of it. Yeah, and then so I lost my motorbike, but you had the sexy motorbike, didn't you? Yeah, that it actually turned out when I bought that because it was actually the second bike that I bought. I had a moped similar to what you had, I think. Yeah, and it was it was all right and all that stuff, but I'd always been watching these like motorbikes going past, and I was like, oh, that looks so much more fun. But I was just I actually completely learned how to ride a bike in Vietnam to begin with, and I was just afraid of like taking on this whole thing with gears, and I'm already in an unfamiliar environment, no insurance, it's all highly highly risky sort of situation and uh someone was like leaving i think they were in the middle of vietnam i think like around hoi an she was selling that bike and she said oh it's, it's a pretty good bike it's been it's been good turns out that when i compared I, I actually compared it with so many other people's bikes like rode other people's bikes to just sort of test it it actually was like vastly superior it was the best shit bike in <laughs> vietnam <laughs> but uh yeah it ended up being absolutely bulletproof uh that bike and yeah, and uh, oh. that was when you uh you got on the back of the bike with me up in the north. Very, you were very skeptical. About yeah, the but entire, uh, prospect. <laughs> no, but it sounds so awful. It sounds like I was forced to to go up with you. But at this point, we're we're developed quite a yeah, great bond. Before. And I remember a lot of the time the Americans being like, "Do you guys know each other really well?" Because actually, banter is a bit of a foreign concept to most people, and oh, we barely knew Americans each other. Yeah. And we would just absolutely cut each other down like no end. Yeah, from their point of view, that just looks like harassment. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, actually so do true. remember yeah. a serious chat. They're like, how long have you guys known each other? Because I guess in a lot of countries, any sort of attack on the ego is, is something personal. But oh, I think yeah. there's something so enjoyable about banter and being uh, a, confident a, yeah. enough in yourself to yeah. allow people to, you know, give you a jab because... <laughs> you know who you are you know you don't need to fall apart when someone gives you a go for oh, something that you should probably know you're probably not great at anyway well i think it's especially a lot of like other nations especially like in north america and things like that they they have such an individual like sort of style of living you know they focus so much on themselves as an individual that like yeah they can't really handle criticism mm. at all but yeah and it's it's sort of it really shows it's just it's we're just a product of our culture, really. We, we, I mean, I think if you and I were both born in another place, we'd be very, very different people and wouldn't be able to handle that. But that's, I suppose, what's so similar about Australians and New Zealanders. We're, we're, we've got a similar history, so it's not surprising yeah. that we've come up with similar forms yeah. of, uh, you know, of banter. Communication. Different. Talk about that on another show. Yeah, so I got on the back and I went up Vietnam with you and we just had this absolutely liberating time and I wanted to share some of the experiences later but I thought I should just get into it and drop a bit of bombshell on all the listeners. I'll go for it. <laughs> so after four years in New Zealand and they actually become one of the COVID casualties so one of the many millennials that have been spun out from this so I was made redundant just before Christmas I've had an yeah. epic summer off and like everyone there's a real large portion of people in a bit of a state of flux and I've been going for these job interviews like great jobs but it's just been coming back you know people with twice the experience or three times the experience and doing presentations and doing the big razzle dazzle and what it sort of showed me was you know I'm really part of this new experiment as are you you're currently traveling around yeah 
But basically, like a lot of other youth, there's a real lack of hope at the moment. And I think what we're going to see with these borders opening up is this absolute storming of young people who are leaving their country because there's no hope where they have been. For example, I actually just had an American friend who's come over and he quit his job in the States and, you know, he'd been locked up in his little apartment and going to work in Boston. And the way he described it and that that year of sort of slow torture with no progression, we're just going to see so many people sort of looking elsewhere because with recessions, sometimes you've got to ride the wave. And I guess this has been my opportunity to go, look, I've been in New Zealand four years. I've achieved everything I can here. I'm about to be 27 and this is my time to go on a big adventure. So that's what I'm going to do. Well, that's it. Yeah. It's like a reverse um, immigration at the moment, isn't it? Everyone's like leaving all these developed nations, going to other ones, looking for, for work or like, opportunities and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, where, I, were you, where were you thinking of heading? Well, actually, you know, this is all sort of fallen into place overnight because yesterday I had my third rejection for a job in a week. And uh, I'm someone who is quite chilled and relaxed about that, but but it just sort of hit me yesterday this epiphany of I don't want to sit around in a corporate another two years and you know housing is so expensive now that it's just going to be an absolute risk to to get a house so last night it all sort of came to a head and because of COVID the time here is not right for me and, and the best thing I can do is go you know and that's where this morning after staying up all night I gave you a call and I thought you'd be the perfect person to, to start my journey with. In country, you're saying about like COVID having that impact on you, wanting, making you want to, to leave your nation. And normally I would have probably been in Nepal or Mongolia or somewhere in Southeast Asia or something like that at this point in my life, if this never happened, if someone didn't bite the head off a bat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, so cataclysmic, right. it's such a butterfly effect, isn't it? Like, oh, but, um, wow. That's a great way yeah. of viewing it. It's very visual, <laughs> very visual. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I had a similar epiphany, I suppose. And I suppose it sort of aligns with what you're saying too, but it just like works out on the other end of that spectrum is that this event has caused me to go well I like traveling and that's kind of all I've ever re really been doing and I'd normally be in another country and like the thing is you never check out your own backyard do you mm. like you, you, you're so desensitized to your own culture your own you just assume that there's nothing really there to see like when I was living in Ireland I'd talk to Irish people that had uh, never really traveled their own country it's such a small place yeah they'd always fly to Spain or they'd fly to you know somewhere warm tropical something that they don't get yeah you know because why not and this is this is my first chance that i've got that i'm actually traveling my own country right now as we speak and and it's it's actually really opened my eyes to that because like why should why should i travel like only other countries there's so much to see here and yeah. you're, you're looking at it from the other point of view as well like you feel quite despondent from your experiences with with covid as well and uh that, that's although it's closed a fair few doors for you it's also given you so much opportunity elsewhere and now you're looking oh. at uh, like an option that you wouldn't have probably had hadn't this you know this huge cataclysmic you know event yeah because chewing, uh, chewing of the bat head off you know <laughs> yeah because but, uh, yeah essentially uh, I've never viewed myself as a victim of COVID because I've always found 
every struggle I've had in my life has sort of shaken you up. And it's sort of when you get shaken up, new opportunities emerge. And that's how I like to approach it. And just over the last couple of weeks, I've been going to these interviews and obviously we've had so many expats from London coming back and it's been so competitive. And the idea of sort of hunkering down for a couple more years and, and waiting to buy a house and stuff, it's just not there for me. And why I'm so excited to tell the followers of this podcast today is this is my my sort of opportunity to to get up and and fulfill that creative urge I have to to take this podcast around the world and I think it's going to be so fascinating because really just capture the fallout of COVID from a people perspective because it's really playing out now and this is my opportunity to go out there and experience and I think this is what the podcast was really made for so it is an opportunity and I'm not really sad I've to be honest, there's nothing more exciting when you get that sort of when the door opens and you're like, well, it's time, you know, it's time for the unknown. And I think that's what we both really enjoy about travel is, is the unknown and, and the new and the, the learning. That's it. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely totally agree with that in sense of, uh, you know, your adversities really make you who you are, because like, like, we tend to always, you know, go for what's the easiest option. And when those options are taken away, that's when we truly actually shine. Oh, totally. And, yeah, exactly. And that's what happened to me last time. It's when you're at a low, that's when you actually come up with new ideas. So the first time I went traveling, I was in Dunedin in my third year and it was just cold and, and I decided, you know, I just didn't want to be there anymore. So I did something and I, and I got out of there and I went to universities overseas. And, and so that bad space I was in led me to one of the most incredible adventures of my life. And this is, this is version two, you know, I'm, I'm going off to complete that journey. Because I'm, I'm sure some of the, the listeners knows I, I got a really bad virus on, on my travels. So this is it. And this is what I think life's about. And I'm really looking forward to all the followers of the podcast coming along this journey because I really feel like it's exciting. And it's going to be exciting for me and everyone listening because who knows where this is going. And, and I really hope everyone comes along for this journey. That's fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to be a part of that too. Yeah, it's going to be great, like catching up with you again and like, and having you travel alongside and be a little bit, bit skeptical, like, like last time that'd be <laughs> when you, when I, when I had you on the back of that bike. That was... that was still one of the most liberating feelings was just with you on the back of a bike, scooting around to the most unique off the grid places. And, and I'm ready for That's that it. and I'm ready for that journey. And I think the podcast is at a stage now where. I'm starting to work out the formula and for everyone listening, I'm actually going to relaunch the Instagram page. So if you follow at the big picture NZ, hopefully you'll see it changing soon. And I think this podcast is ready to go overseas. Yeah, let's Mm. do it. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. So thanks everyone for tuning in for this more of a life update than an episode. But I'm excited. I'm excited to to get in a hopefully a four by four with you across the those <laughs> that sand pit they call Australia. And <laughs> let's capture this moment in, in history. And I need to get out there and give life a go before I sit in more interviews and, you know, limit my personality so that <laughs> so I don't look like a 
a risky option to employ. So thanks for, uh, sorry, listening to me today, Alex, but I thought you were the person I I wanted to release this episode with because I really think we're going to have some great follow-up episodes when we're on the road. I'm sure we're going to get in some deep, trippy places. (laughs) Definitely. Looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward to it. Okay, well, thanks so much for coming on, Alex. You got a few more episodes coming up. So I'm looking forward to getting the audience used to what an Australian is. <laughs> baby steps, eh? Baby steps for you guys. <laughs> thanks, Alex. I'll try, I'll, try, I'll try not to be too crass. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I love Aussies. Well, thanks a lot, Alex. We'll catch up soon. All right, man. See you then. That was the big picture. Hit the subscribe and share the word.